0: I think for youth, especially, I've, I've been paying attention the trends in the past four or five years, as long as I've really been a close part, uh, engaging them has become different. It's become a little more challenging because I think the structure is gone. There's so many kids now that have adapted from going to school to doing school at home. And so they come into my environment where it is somewhat structured. You know, they at least have to sit for 20 minutes as I preach, and that's... That's getting harder and harder and harder to Mm. engage them. It's hard to do just a stand-up monologue sermon anymore with with kids in this age group.
1: This is The Calling, a Family Life original podcast with Steve Smith that features conversations with pastors talking about the challenges they face in their personal and professional lives as they minister to others and share the gospel. Our guest for episode 14 is Tyler Shutt, a youth pastor at Crossroads Family Ministry in Sayre, Pennsylvania.
2: Tyler, this is our first opportunity in the calling. To the First time we've had a youth pastor on, and, and the reason I'm excited about that, and I'm sure you have stories in, in your life, and I want to find out about it, but I know our children who are now, both of our kids are are married and out of the house and, uh, you know, 30 years old, but I look back on their faith walk, and I can say without a doubt, both of them uh, got to know the Lord in a much deeper way and still have relationships with their youth pastors you know, here it is 15 years later. Um, do you have an experience like that when you were growing up in the church and 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 leaders that you still uh, look up to and maybe your experiences uh, when you were a youth uh, in the church?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I kind of have a unique uh, story when it comes to that. Uh, so I grew up in the church from very, very young, probably six, seven years old in the kids program, you know, moving on up in the K to fifth grade, uh, program. And then as soon as I could bust in the door at sixth grade at at youth group, I did. Um, and I loved every minute of it. I was in youth group the entire time, all the way up through high school, you know, camp every year, at least maybe once or twice a year, uh, as much as I possibly could, every outing, every event, every, you know, Bible study, every, uh, everything I could just be a part of. I wanted to be. Uh, church was kind of my place. Uh, some people are into sports or school or you know extracurriculars. My my thing was was youth group and and church service and and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the interesting part is that once I uh, was in the youth group and and got the call to ministry at a church camp, um, and at the time I thought it was just kind of you know, is this just funny business? Is this just camp emotion, you know, sugar high type of thing? Or is this real? Uh, and I was prayed over. And from that point on, I was kind of testing and seeing what God is doing and, and what kind of gift things I might have. Uh, my youth pastor at the time gave me the ability, uh, the opportunity to preach at a youth group, which I thought was really awesome. And, you know, I, I just felt that this made sense. This There was kind of like a sinking that happened where like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, so long story short, I go to Bible college, I get my bachelor's, and uh, my youth pastor, who's uh, who was youth pastor for about a decade, uh, in the years prior, a few years prior, actually took the senior pastorate position at our church um, and was looking for interns. So I interned, uh, the youth pastor that was there at the time was moving on to other ministries. So there was a a hole to be filled. And so uh, the the interesting part of the story is my youth pastor now turned senior pastor hired me to be his youth pastor some years later.
2: So in high school, I'm interested in that experience because when you were around yeah. other, did, did you go to a public high school or a Christian school? How, what was that background?
0: I went to a public high school.
2: All right, so there uh, you are. You're the church kid. Here's Tyler, yeah. the church kid, uh, in a in a public high school. Uh, were you ridiculed, made fun of? Uh, did people stay oh, away? Sure. Did how to, and how did you handle that? Uh, you know, as and maybe you handled it differently as as you got older and more mature in, in the Lord. But just tell me yeah. about that experience. Yeah,
0: I mean, early on, uh, you know, probably middle school, early high school. I was pretty pronounced in my faith. I would talk about it all the time. You know, I was the kid carrying the Bible to to lunch or whatever. And, you know, the Jesus graphic teas and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and some kids would actually genuinely ask me questions. Some kids would just make fun of me and be like, Oh, you know, you're a Christian. You can't have any fun or this or that. Um, and some, some of my teachers actually would kind of try to debate with me back and forth. Some, some atheist leaning teachers and, um, I remember young, as a young man, just getting very upset and very defensive and and kind of angry about, you know, how could you possibly disagree with me? But at the time I didn't have a lot of the educational backing and and the resources to kind of defend what I believe kind of participate in those kind of apologetics. So I would just get kind of upset and, you know, we'd, we'd go back and forth and I, and we'd leave it there, uh, but then more toward the end, I wasn't really looking for fights. I wasn't picking for fights like that anymore. Uh, I was just trying to genuinely show my faith in action. And if somebody had a question or they you know, wanted to know something, I would do my best to answer. But I, I wasn't so much on the offensive. I was, I was just kind of trying to show light in the, in the public school.
2: You know, it's interesting, Tyler, uh, I've we're talking with Tyler Schutt, uh, Crossroads Family Ministries in Sarah, Pennsylvania, youth and children's pastor, and you know how God reaches you in different ways, different time. I mean, in, in one season, like you'll read something, and then you'll see something, and you'll hear something, and it's all the same subject that God's trying to reach you, and just recently, and you just talked about it, just recently, I heard a message from a pastor, I heard an interview with someone who said they used to uh, get, just like you said, they used to get defensive. They used to, you know, battle, battle be on the offensive, but then they mm-hmm. explained and that Jesus taught through love. I mean, true love. Right. And, and right. he, he hung out with the people who, who, who didn't, you know, know. The, and so, man, what a, what a lesson that is Yeah. for not only youth, but for adults who in this society are still trying to learn that as you, uh, talk about that a little bit like teaching and 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 ministering through true love not the beating over the head
0: oh sure and and i have to be reminded of the ministry of jesus in fact uh, my my pastor and i were just talking about this the other day you know the the immature kind of naive thought that we can just bring every single last person of all time no matter what to saving grace and salvation like even Jesus couldn't do that. I mean, even Jesus had people walk out on him and abandon him and and not participate. Like, you know, me in high school, I thought, well, everybody has to believe. Everybody should believe. There's no question about it. They just, they have to. And looking back on that now, I realize, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Some people just are outright going to reject God. Um, and that's not my responsibility my responsibility is to show them light to show them love to to share the gospel and then let the Holy Spirit do his work um, and that took time for me to really understand and now as I'm a youth pastor same thing I have some kids in my youth group right now we have you know we average maybe 25 30 kids a week uh, coming through my program but uh it, some kids are on fire. They want to be discipled. They want to grow. They want to, to engage with our curriculum material. Uh, and they want to lead others. Others, they come, you know, they have fun with my weird, crazy games, and they hang out, and they go home. Others, you know, just show up because their parents dropped them off. Like, it's it's a whole wide gambit of, mm-hmm. of spirituality and, and sanctification and... I have to check myself all the time and remember that these kids are on a journey too, just like I was, just like you were, uh, and they may not all be in the exact same place at the exact same time that I was when I was 15, 16.
2: And isn't the message is that God loves everybody, no matter what their, you know, yeah. you know, political leaning, their sexual identity leaning. And there's so much of that, I'm sure, maybe not in your, mm-hmm. your youth group. But when you talk about high school kids and all the things that kids have to deal with uh, these days, as opposed to shutting them out totally, uh, it's like, love them where they are. Yeah. It's, it's not your job. It's, it's the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? I mean, man, that, that's that, right. that just teaches all day long. And like we talk about family or youth, but adults need to learn that as well. We'll take responsibility. <laughs> so talk about, are you youth and children's pasture? Is that a combination thing?
0: Yeah. So it kind of works that way. I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't like say that on our website per se, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, day to day, like the youth, youth group is my bread and butter, but I also do oversee uh, the children's nursery division, pre-K to kindergarten, and mm-hmm. then uh, our K to fifth grade. I oversee curriculum, volunteers, outreach, all that sort of stuff. So I, I guess that's accurate, but it's just it's okay. kind of in addition to, I guess.
2: The youth, the, the middle school, high school, that's where your heart is?
0: That's where, that's exactly, where, yeah, that's where my heart is. And, you know, that's, that's what, that's what I was saying. That's my main thing just trying to to find new opportunities to engage with them, because that that has also changed. And I'm sure you've had this on the program, you know, pastors talking about coming out of the pandemic and the the fallout of that, the yeah. aftermath of that. I think for youth, especially, I've, I've been paying attention to trends in the past four or five years, as long as I've really been a close part, uh, engaging them has become different. It's become a little more challenging because I think the structure's gone. As far as like the public school setting, private school setting, there's so many kids now that have adapted from going to school to doing school at home. You know, they might be monitored, they might not be. And so they come into my environment where it is somewhat structured, you know, they at least have to sit for 20 minutes as I preach. And that's, that's getting harder and harder and harder to engage them. It's hard to do just a stand-up monologue sermon anymore with with kids in this age group.
2: You touched on it with the pandemic, Tyler, uh, talking with Tyler Shutt, the Crossroads Family Ministries in Sarah, Pennsylvania, the, the youth pastor there. And I don't want to pretend how old I am or how young you are, but let's say we're from different generations. Our generation says, oh, the youth today, has to, they have to put up with so much more things and distractions than we did, which is absolutely true. You're not as far as removed uh, from the high school kids that you are uh, pastoring now, do you see a huge change from when you were in high school to even now, not that many years removed?
0: I think so. Uh, As I said, I think the attention is different. I think, uh, and and I don't know if it's a regional thing or if it's nationwide um, or even worldwide, but I think kids have a harder time maybe associating the respect of the position, uh, you know, if someone's up front talking, it's social etiquette to just give that person your undivided attention, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no matter what, that's just that's just social etiquette. And I think sometimes with kids, and I'm going to try to put it in a positive light because I'm not saying that they're doing anything necessarily wrong, but I think, uh, you know, with kids because they can te- they can smell a fake a mile away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They. They can see when you're not being genuine. They can see when you're kind of just phoning it in. So to earn their respect and to earn their attention, I think, is far harder than even with you or I. You know, if if somebody gets up and stands behind the pulpit, no matter who they are, we're at least going to give them, you know, 25 minutes. Kids, I I think, depending on week to week, depending on the amalgam of grouping that there is there, uh, you have to kind of earn it minute by minute. And that's something, again, that I've kind of had to adapt my preaching to and adapt my presentation to. Uh, and maybe things are different. Maybe I'm seeing through rose-colored glasses in the past, but I just feel like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was much more, okay, it's it's serious time. You know, this is preaching time, no messing around. This is This is where we are. But I think today you kind of have to earn that a little bit more in various ways.
2: You don't have to name names whatsoever, but uh, in the years you've been doing uh, youth ministry— Uh, Are there anybody that comes to mind or any face that comes to your mind when when you first met them, you're like, oh, you didn't say this, but you're like this. this, I'm not sure if God can ever reach this kid. And then, again, it's not your power. It's like what God has done in that uh, person's life that uh, not only did God reach them, but now they're on fire, too. Have you seen a, a total transformation in some?
0: Oh, absolutely. I've seen some in my youth group. I've seen some with even close friends of mine in high school in that that public setting where you know, they're like, "Ah, eh, God's just not for me. They're doing their own thing. They're they're buying everything the world is selling." Um, and I'll give you the abridged version of one of my favorite stories, but I I witnessed to this kid for years. I mean, for 5-6 years, the entire time we were in high school. Stayed at his house regularly. We hung out all the time and I'd constantly try to witness and he was just always like, well, this isn't really for me. I don't need that. Uh, lo and behold, I get to college. It's the second semester of my freshman year and I get a phone call from this, this guy and he says, "How do I invite Jesus into my life? I want Him to completely change my heart, and I want Him in my life. How do I do that?" And I pulled the phone away to see who I was actually talking to. Oh, man. and I'm like, "Well, I'll tell you." And I just, you know, went into the whole gospel presentation. You know, Jesus loves you. He He gave His life for you, and He rose again. And if you believe in that, you're saved, and you can start that that relationship, that journey with Him. And ever since then, He's become one of the most generous uh, people, one of the, uh, got baptized and is just, you know, trying to be in the word and, and making a difference in his workplace. And I'm very proud of that. Uh, again, a kid that if you were on fire and you hit, he had a glass of water, he'd probably drink it if he was thirsty type mm-hmm. of kid. <laughs> and now his heart is for other people and, and God just did an amazing thing in his life. So I always go back to that one I'm dealing with teens maybe in their perspective of like hey I'm talking to this person you know they don't they say they don't believe and I'm really frustrated and what you know what do I do the Main thing is you don't really do anything you share and you love and you point back to the savior and 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 he does the work because uh with this kid that I was talking about in my life we were together all through high school and then he picks up and moves to Florida hmm. upon graduation so I'm like, well, that's it then, you know, he's he's right. gone. Like he's a goner. I have no more influence. I have right. no more impact. And that's when God moved. Mm. So I, I just think that's incredible testimony of the power of God. And we plant, but he makes it grow.
2: I get goosebumps just hearing that story. I can't imagine when you said he called you on the phone. I can't imagine you were feeling that, that kind of story or that kind of happening can, can bring you after you hung up to uh, tears on your knees, thanking the Lord to, to jumping around and running around and going, God, you're so good. You're so good. That, that had to be amazing.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's getting close to being a decade ago and I can still remember it clear Mm. as day. I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly what was going on. Mm it was
2: amazing. Talking with Tyler Shut, uh, Crossroads Family Ministries in Sarah, Pennsylvania, the youth pastor. You mentioned early on about some kids show up. Uh, one of the things you mentioned, they just show up to youth uh, group just for your crazy games. Do you have a favorite crazy game, uh, Tyler, that you, that, Oh uh, boy. So, well, uh, if, hard one, familiar, it? it's, it's hard to pick just one.
0: It's hard to pick just one. There's so many, and there's so many variations of them, but, Uh, If you're ever familiar with the Christmas movie, Elf, if you watch that at at home with your family or anything, uh, they make a spaghetti. It's not really spaghetti, um, and we call it the Buddy the Elf Challenge, (laughs) and it's basically, if you're not familiar, those of you listening, if you're not familiar, (laughs) take spaghetti noodles, uh, any assortment of candy you like, marshmallows for sure, Mm -hmm. chocolate syrup and maple syrup and Pop-Tarts, and you mix all that together, and the first one to eat it, the fastest, wins. (laughs) Um, I usually add the no hands element just to get some sure some color all over the face. You know,
2: and why not? And why not? Yeah. Why not? Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 that's a and, good. One. And
0: have a garbage can close by for sure.
2: Exactly. Yeah, some medicine just in case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, just well, in case. Just in case. Well, Tyler, do you have any words for? Let's say uh, again, we never know who's uh, hearing uh, this podcast, uh, the calling on family life, and and we've talked to so many different people uh it, it may be someone uh even a youth pastor who is struggling uh right now mm-hmm. um, and they're just saying you know i thought this is where i wanted to be but i'm not reaching uh, the kids and they're not hearing me they're like you said attention oh, span is less and uh, any yeah. words of encouragement any things that you would tell them or tell the the senior pastors to encourage their youth pastors to, something that you've experienced just your heart right now tyler
0: Oh boy. Well, I can speak to that partially because I've been mentored through that. I have been in that. Uh, I've talked to so many other guys in ministry that have felt that way from time to time. And uh, what I'm always reminded of is God plays the long game. Uh, He is much more interested in the trajectory of your life over a large span of time and degrees of change lead to ultimate success one degree of change a different direction over the course of five years could be a drastically different turnout um that's the first part i say and then the second part i would say is you can never really truly know what is getting through to them until you start to see fruit blossom um i like to go to camps in the winter and in the summer those are kind of like High points for us, that's kind of like a, you know, a shot of adrenaline in the arm, so to speak, a couple times a year to kind of reach that mountaintop experience with the group and see where we're at and see what kind of problems or issues or, or struggles flesh out and how can we deal with them. And uh, But then also the things I've been saying for the past four to six months, you know, by the power and provision of the Holy Spirit, guess what? The camp speaker is saying some of the same things I've been saying. And lo and behold, the Holy Spirit through that environment, through being away from home, through different circumstances, gets a hold of them. And now I get to see that fruit come forth. And, you know, I hear other kids say, oh, well, yeah, I I got saved, you know, three months ago. like, you did? (laughs) When did that happen? I, I hear that all the time. And, they're like, oh yeah, you said something the other time, and and it really meant a lot to me. And I went home and I thought about it, and and this is what I decided to do. Like, well, why didn't you tell me? You know, but I, that's that's where I would go with someone who's struggling, who's discouraged, perhaps, and and isn't seeing it. Is God plays the long game, so you may not see the fruit right now, you may not see the fruit next week, you may not even see it in the new year. But you know, if you're headed to a retreat or if even you get the chance to have a one-on-one sit down with this student uh, and just really talk to them and really see where they're at, you might find that they have been eating up what you've been saying this whole time. And their life is now forever different. Their perspective is forever different. And then you can take that and, and start to plug them in, whether it be leadership, whether it be serving, whether it be You know, whatever it looks like in your in your dynamic, I've just and and in short time, too, I've had the experience of seeing kids come to salvation and bear fruit who on the surface, just seeing them in the audience week to week. I wouldn't have detected that offhand, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they they share that with me and then and then we start to move and it's just an amazing thing. So don't lose heart. Right. God plays the long game, and fruit can come uh, at any point in time. You just have to look for it.
2: Tyler, thanks for the encouragement. Tyler Shutt, Crossroads Family Ministries in Sarah, Pennsylvania, youth pastor, and uh, again, uh, continued blessings on your ministry, and thanks for sharing your heart today.
0: Mm, Thank you so much, Steve. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to Episode 14 of The Calling, a Family Life original podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you heard, be sure to share it with others and click the subscribe button so you know when future episodes are available. Family Life's original podcasts, such as The Parable Podcast, Therese Talk, If That Makes Sense, 10 Minutes With, and The Rise Up Podcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or FamilyLife.org. Family Life is listener-supported, And your faithful partnership makes ministry outreach through podcasts like this possible. Find out more at familylife.org.